Corona. Use it, don't lose it. The expert sessions. We all need ideas on how to best navigate this suddenly different world we find ourselves in with its new rules and circumstances. So we're reaching out to experts to get their input on some existential questions. The host for these sessions is Dr. Alice Stanton, a postdoc at MIT and brain engineer. I'm Alice Stanton. I'm very excited to be here today and joined by Dr. Jenny Driver, who is an associate professor of medicine at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. And Jenny, just to kick things off, I think I speak on behalf of many people when I say thank you for being on the front lines. Thank you for everything that you're doing. How is everything going out there? Well, Alice, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be able to take the time to talk. And it's a nice break from what I'm doing most of the time. In Boston, we're in the peak of our COVID cases. So our hospitals are full. It's nothing like New York, thank God. But it's been an incredible two months of first preparation for the surge of cases that we're experiencing now. And we have probably another two months ahead of you know managing high numbers of patients who are infected with COVID. So I would say I'm doing well considering the circumstances, but it certainly has been a crazy two months and been a great learning experience for me, that's for sure. This sounds like an enormous undertaking. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you've been involved in specifically in these times? Sure. I think to appreciate the dramatic change in my life, I should tell you a little bit more about my background. I mostly have been doing research for the past 20 years of my career. I am a, a geriatrician, so I focus on the care of older patients and an oncologist, so cancer patients. And although I've always done some patient care, mostly I, I write papers and go around the world giving lectures and things like that. So what happened two months ago when COVID, right after the first few cases came to Boston, is that I was asked to lead a group that would figure out how to care for patients who were not hospitalized and had the infection. So that was incredibly stressful for me because I, like I said, I haven't been doing patient care to that degree for a long time. And it really required me to call on all of my skills and even skills I didn't have in order to do that, working with a bunch of wonderful people. And within a few weeks, we had built a whole comprehensive program for calling patients as soon as we found out they were positive, providing support every single day on the phone, getting them the equipment they needed to monitor themselves like an oximeter so that we could know where they were were in terms of their severity of the illness, and then creating a whole educational plan to educate the whole 30,000 patient system on how to care for these folks. So anyway, it's been an incredible experience, but full of stress. Wow, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of stressed people. And then amid all of that, a whole different change in your life circumstances. So it seems like you kind of envelop in stress there. One of the first things I noticed was that I had to stop drinking coffee. Usually I would drink, you know, some coffee in the morning like everybody else. But two days into the whole COVID crisis, I had to just completely stop drinking coffee because I wasn't sleeping. And wow, because I was anxious about, can I do this? Am I going to mess something up for these patients? Because I haven't been practicing medicine in a while. How are we going to manage this? I realized right away that I had to turn inwards in a good way to look for the strength to be able not to be swept up in the anxiety. 
anxiety of everything that was happening. So I'm so grateful. I've always had the habit of prayer, setting time aside every day, no matter what, to pray, to read a spiritual book, you know, something that's inspiring me. And just remember that it's all in God's hands because without that, it is overwhelming. But if you remember that God is there, that he can bring good out of it, and it's okay if you make a mistake because God loves you anyway. I mean, I really... That I really had to rely on because I felt very insecure and it was very overwhelming. So not that I always did well. I mean, plenty of times I lost my patience. I uh, got frustrated. But without that being able to turn to God, I, I think I would probably have given up or cracked up. And then also simple things like remembering to take care of yourself. I mean, I mm. realized at a certain point, you know, I haven't really like cut my toenails in a really long time. <laughs> And then I did it and I felt like, wow, self-care, remember that? That's important, right? Yeah, and getting out for a walk, you know, you have this thing in your mind that tells you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't think about yourself. And that happens a lot with doctors or nurses or people in medicine because the people you're taking care of seem to trump everything. But you can't do that because you'll just run out of steam. And so I realized that, no, I have to have a disciplined life. I have to stop working at a certain point. I have to live a schedule. I have to find something to occupy my mind besides all of this COVID stuff. And so I think one piece of advice for everyone is think about what is my hobby? What are my deep beliefs? How can I connect to something deeper and more lasting than my usual occupations? I think a big mistake and I made this mistake early on I just started watching superhero movies <laughs> thinking you know because I love superhero movies thinking that it would help me to rest and all of that and it did but after the third one I started feeling like you know this is not the right approach here. It's entertainment, but it's not what I need. I started realizing I need a little more silence. I need a little more contemplation. And I started going out and going for walks, looking at nature. And for me, that's been like a godsend because here it's spring and it's beautiful. And just to see nature and not think about anything, but just experience, you know, the beauty has been very helpful. Mm, that's wonderful. Yeah. And also I started with breathing exercises. When I started getting really anxious, I would do the deep breathing, do stretches. And it's been very, very helpful. And in fact, invaluable making it through some of the more difficult days. That's really great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think there's a lot of practical tips in there that many people can benefit from, whether it's stress through taking care of a family member that you normally weren't or you know, other sources of stress, everyone is thrown into these really unusual circumstances. So that stress comes from so many different directions. Looking forward, Jenny, where do we go from here? When we extend this to the future, how can we build our future so that we're able to weather this storm that we don't really know where the end point is going to be? What would you advise for making it through the future? I think people, first of all, should understand that until we get a vaccine, we won't be going back to normal life. And that could be 18 months away. So we will open up to some degree over the next few months. It'll probably be staged, but we won't get back to, you know, going to sporting events or even having lots of restaurants open. I think for quite a while, depending on where you are, it really depends on, on where you're living and what the prevalence of the infection is. But I think in, in many ways, it's going to be a big blessing for many people because it's kind of forced us to slow down. It's forced us to learn how to work from home. It's forced 
old people like me to learn how to use Zoom and a lot of really positive technology and to reevaluate. So I guess what I would say is what we need is resilience in the face of uncertainty. And I describe some of the ways that I've been able to be resilient, not only my spiritual life, but also friendships, you know, and just being able to be yourself with the people that are around you. I think working on friendships during this time is probably one of the best things we can do to weather the storm and working on our own inner life as well, rather than trying to escape from it all through entertainment and Netflix and all the other things that can make us feel good in the short term, but not really grow and not really, mm. you know, benefit from this difficult time that we're going through. Oh. Yeah, that's really interesting. There really is this kind of tension between wanting to escape from the reality of it all to kind of take the sting off a bit between that and then confronting the reality and staying in the moment there. It's really a difficult challenge that that presents. Yeah. And I think the key is balance. Like with everything, you know, we need entertainment. We need to escape once in a while. But if we do it so much that we're not allowing ourselves to feel the boredom or, you know, the uncomfortableness of not knowing the future, will I be going back to college or not? Or am I going to be doing it virtually from my home? Allowing yourself to experience that uncertainty and the suffering that comes with all of this. That's how you grow. That's how you become resilient. It's creative. So it's okay. And this is a message I wanted to be sure to give it's okay. It's hard to go through this. It's not normal. And it happens once every hundred years, we hope. I was one of the people who said, oh, now since I can work from home, I'm going to walk an hour every day, or I'm going to do yoga for 30 minutes every day. And then I realized that expectation was killing me because there's no way I was going to be able to do that. So it's okay to not have a great day. Sometimes just making it through the day in a pandemic is a huge victory. But on the other hand, we do want demand of ourselves more during this time. And especially if you can do so in a way that helps the others around you, that lifts them up, that thinks of them. It's been wonderful to see how people have responded to this, getting out of themselves and their own self-pity to turn to help others. Whether it's, I have friends who are making masks and they've probably saved lives. When everybody else is watching Netflix, they're making masks. Other people are volunteering in many other ways, calling the elderly, doing FaceTime visits with older relatives who are shut in. So let's let this experience draw out of us something that we didn't even know was there rather than hiding from it. That's great. Wow, this has been really great, Jenny. Do you have any other advice or any other stories you want to leave us with? Well, I would just encourage people. I know it's beautiful spring in many places in the country right now, and it's tempting to say, oh, you know, let's go back to doing our whatever soccer games or whatever we were going to do. And I would say it's as important now as it was six weeks ago to just follow the guidance that we're being given wherever you are locally in the state, you know, and not give up on trying to do the best you can so that we're all keeping each other safe. And that in itself takes virtue, right, to be that self-restraint of having the endurance not to give up on the social distancing. And it will be loosened to some degree, probably not the social distancing part though. You know, the six feet, some people are going to be having to wear masks for a long time until we get more universal testing. So be patient with that and take advantage of these months of forced inactivity for many of us to grow and to become stronger and more resilient in the face of what really is an awe-inspiring biblical plague. <laughs> 
It doesn't seem like it when I look out the window, but I can tell you from being a medical professional and seeing how it's affecting the lives of individuals and families, it is a plague. And yet it's one that can have a deep meaning and one that can help us grow so that this year, 2019, 2020, would be a year in our lives where we move forward in many positive ways. I can see it happening all around in my profession, people growing, showing courage. And I know it's happening all throughout the country and people at home who are courageous just in living their life at home or learning how to homeschool or figuring out how to cook or whatever it is, that we find the positive side of all this and not let ourselves just get frozen in place by fear. Love it. Wow, Jenny. Well, thank you so much. And we're pulling for you. We're rooting for you. And we're going to weather this storm. And I would just encourage everyone out there to realize there's a lot you can do in your family and your environment to help people look up, look up and look beyond and look ahead. I'm hoping that this plague can help us come together as a family and get over some of those divides that we've given into lately, because we're all in this together. You know, just to give some examples of how I'm seeing this pandemic bring the best out of people, I can think of many stories. But just one this weekend, I was caring for a patient and I had to call them over the weekend because they weren't doing well. And it's a complex story, but the bottom line is this older person was in a very precarious situation because, you know, he was getting sicker and, the, you know, the help just wasn't there. And one of the nurses that I work with couldn't go herself. and She realized how sick the person was. But one of her friends said, well, I'll go over, you know, and she's a nurse as well. And she had protective equipment, but she basically just went over there and cared for this person until the family and the ambulance could arrive and she's probably spent three hours caring for this person and probably saved his life and people are doing that and they don't even think twice about it wow so impressive the other thing i'd like to say is that um, i was saying before how i've come to appreciate the work and the sacrifices of my colleagues especially the nurses assistants the certified nursing assistants they're the ones bathe patients and they're at the highest risk and everyone now I'm hoping in society is appreciating the work that they do that the risk of getting infected has disproportionately fallen on them and so I'm hoping that will help people realize that their work deserves to be paid better it deserves to be celebrated and they themselves are heroes and there are many family members who are heroes all throughout the country caring for their loved ones who are infected putting themselves at risk they don't have protective equipment you know so you see that love kind of triumphs and the sense of service to humanity triumphs over people's personal gain. You know, at a time when so many people are so anxious about getting it that they can hardly function, you have other people who are just out there serving, not being afraid to do what needs to be done. So I would like to give a shout out to all of those family members and healthcare professionals who are doing the work on the front lines, whereas I'm doing it virtually because they're really showing all of us what really matters in life and how we can be afraid, but overcome that fear. And life's all about overcoming fear and not letting it rule our lives. And I think they're all giving us an amazing example of that. Jenny, thank you so, so much. This has been amazing. And keep us posted. You've been listening to Corona. Use it, don't lose it. Thanks for listening. This show is produced by Gabby Kussner and Marie Oates. Tune in next time to hear from more experts about using this crisis as a trampoline for personal growth.